0: What is going on everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Man podcast. I am very delighted to bring to you today's episode with my with my honorable guest Emily James. Now, me and Emily are really good friends. Um we actually met. It was it was it was really cool the way that the, the way that we met. We um she so I'm a big Eckhart Tolle fan and you know, if you're in the spiritual space, you definitely know of that name. And I was with my, I was, um, I commented on one of his ads, I believe so. And I guess she like wanted to connect with me because she can tell I was kind of like a like-minded person. So she sent me her friend request. And then sure enough, we like ended up connecting and setting up an appointment to get on an interview for her podcast. And um, what happened was, we both went to a, an event in Houston, Texas. And sure enough, and this was to go see Eckhart Tolle. I had no idea that she was there until we hopped on. Like the interview uh, podcast, and we're like chatting before the actual podcast started recording, and she was like, "Yeah, I was at Eckhart Tolle this weekend." I was like, "What the hell? I was at Eckhart Tolle this weekend too." And she sat maybe a few rows ahead of me, and we didn't even notice, but it's awesome. So yeah, I'm really glad we got a chance to connect, and I felt like I we have built a really good um, friendship between us two, and I'm very excited to bring to you. a lot about what she has to say today about depression and anxiety and um, everything that comes along with that space. So, Emily, good morning and thank you so much for joining today.
1: Good morning. Thank you for that intro. I loved it. And I'm just so happy that we're finally doing this and that, um, you know, you got to experience me starting my podcast, and you got to be one of my first guests, and I'm just so thankful to be here with you and be able to be also one of your first. Yeah, seconds.
0: definitely one of my, you're, you're actually my second interview, so um, that's definitely big and it's awesome. And um, I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this for me. And um, yeah, I just want to say thanks a lot. So I mean, without without any you know wasting any time, let's go ahead, let's dive right in. What do you say?
1: Absolutely, I'm I'm stoked. Let's just-
0: okay, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and let's do it. So before we like dive into the topic of the discussion, I really want you know the 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 audience to get to know who you are and you know why you do what you do and what it is that you do. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you elaborate on that. So who is Emily James? You know what do you do and how did you end up doing that?
1: Mm such a long story i'll try to i'll try to keep <laughs> it you know a little shorter so that we can get into the other topics um but basically i as soon as i graduated high school i immediately like i wanted to become a personal trainer i wanted to be a fitness coach i was into bodybuilding i was into um you know competitions i was training for bodybuilding competitions and bikini comps and like stuff like that um which is something that you didn't know about me for a while yeah even after i did your interview and everything i was health coach a personal trainer um all of that stuff and a few years ago so i met my boyfriend march of 2015 and i was still doing a lot of that that was a year after i graduated Um, high school and um, I had started that business. And at some point I got to the point where it was just like going through the motions and I wasn't passionate about it anymore. I wasn't passionate about teaching it. I wasn't passionate about doing it at all. It was just very, very boring to me to a certain extent. And Finally, like I had that spiritual awakening um, a couple years after I met my boyfriend. So he's been through all of the phases with me. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. Bless his soul, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been five years now, and just like he's experienced each step of that with me. So I, I love that, and I appreciate that about him. And um in 2016 was when i started to really like i started really realizing that all of the things that i was doing in this fitness and bodybuilding world it was like a it was almost like my blanket it was like a safety blanket for me it was something that was like covering up my body image issues it was me covering up um my binge eating disorder and um Things like that that were way, 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 way below the surface um, (laughs) that I didn't even realize were going on. And so once I did kind of go through that and realize that, I wanted to start helping people with that. And I wanted to help people understand competence and limiting beliefs and like things that regular fitness coaches, right, aren't teaching. Don't
0: really talk about.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you see these personal trainers and these people who of course they know what they're fucking talking about when it comes to muscle and when it comes not to all metabolism.
0: of them, not all of them. Trust right. me. I know so many of them that are just, oh God, they're YouTube trainers. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And there there is a lot of that. And um, you know, it, it's hard when you're especially when you're in that industry, that part of the coaching industry. Um and you've done all the work to learn the things and you've done so much to really give people value. And then you see people, you know, not doing that, doing the opposite of that, where it's like, they're just doing it for the money. Anyways, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but I, I got to that point where I was like, I want to help people heal. Just Mm. came out of nowhere. Right. Like I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that I needed healing from years and years, a lifetime of needing to be skinny, needing to lose weight, starving myself at 13 years old, things like that, that maybe I haven't even, I don't know if I've even shared that part of my story with you before, but that's definitely, it's a generational thing. It's a, It's. Basically, every woman in the world has been taught, like, you need to look this way to be accepted. And we use fitness and health um, a lot of the time to cover up that belief that we need that and it has to be that way. And now lately, like what I've been learning in my own experience is that it's okay to want to lose weight. It's okay to want to look good and look you know fit and all of that, but like, where are you coming from? Where, yeah. what, what mindset are you coming from? Are you coming from not being good enough, not feeling good enough, or are you coming from an empowered state of like, I can fucking do this? This is a goal I have for myself, this is an ambition, this is um, a challenge. It, there's a difference between a challenge from an empowered place and a challenge from, um. A place where you don't feel good enough or you don't feel accepted or you don't feel like you look a certain, you know, weight, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started really like starting to share about that. And um, at this point, I had my platform for two and a half years, maybe three years. Yeah, I can't believe it's 2020. <laughs> wow. I know. It's such that a was- weird
0: number. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, so futuristic. It's
1: really been that?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I've had my platform now for six years, but, um, at that point it was, I was just starting to get into the healing part and the mindset stuff. And, um, then I, that's when I started to hit that spiritual awakening and I started yeah, whenever it was 2016, when I had that spiritual, I I call it a spiritual awakening, obviously at the time, didn't know that's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I, I was just really all i can really the way i can explain it is i was so confused i was so confused about who i was and like what was happening
0: um so i actually want to touch on that here here for a second because i was listening to another podcast where you were talking about how a lot of anxiety was coming up for you during your initial awakening your initial transformation kind of like a bittersweet experience and that's really what it was for me like I was growing a new awareness and it was like it was a sweet awareness because it was I mean it was it was it was was really fun to like go through that for a second you're like but at the same exact time a lot of anxiety and a lot of dark you know not like negative thoughts but thoughts that carried that kind of energy were coming up for me you know a lot while I was going through my initial transformation so Why do you think that that tends to happen when somebody's going through like a little awakening, going through a shift, a lot of negative shit starts coming up. Why do you think that is?
1: Yeah, um, I know exactly what it is. And this is something I've taught to my clients so many times because most of the time when they come to me, they are experiencing this, but they don't know that that's what they're experiencing. Um, And I call it an identity crisis. You're having to face all of these identities from your past that you've been taught that you are, or that you've been shown that you are, or you had to, you know, for example, like for me, I thought at this time I was in nursing school, I was in college and I was going through the motions with that. And I just out of nowhere, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in this field. I don't have any interest. I hate school. Like, I I hate (laughs) learning this way. This is just not for me anymore. And everyone was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, this is your plan. This is what you're doing. And I just, I, all of a sudden I woke up one day and I couldn't imagine myself doing that. And like anymore. And that is something that I, would call like an identity crisis. When all these things happen at one time, I'm like facing my religion identity. I'm facing my political identity. I'm facing my identity in my relationship, my identity, identity with myself, my identity with society and my family. It's like all of those things came to the surface all at the same time. And no, your spiritual awakening does not give you a break. Like you don't get a break for a while. Um, and and those thoughts, <laughs> um, those thoughts come up because I believe you're not in alignment with your soul. And that's the purpose mm-hmm. of your life is to find the alignment. And you're born with that alignment, right? But it's – Oh, yeah. You're growing up and you're around other people who have been taken out of their own alignment because of the other people who are taken out of their own alignment. It's just this – God, it's it's generation after generation after generation and we are the generation of healing that and noticing that and aware, being aware of that. Um, but that's why I think all of those dark thoughts come to the surface. That's why I think a lot of people go through anxiety and depression. That's why I, I feel like it's it's not looked at so from a from that standpoint of anxiety <clears throat> anxiety and depression, I feel like it's taken for what it's not. Does that make sense like i don't know how to really explain it the best, but like we think it and we see it a certain way that it's been portrayed and it's it's actually not that it's a spiritual okay. thing it's a very It's very different. And if we would just approach it differently as a society. People so heavily and so, so drastically, I truly believe that. And if we taught people more things about self-responsibility and self-awareness.
0: So, so that, that brings me to that question. So what is wrong with the current way that we approach anxiety and depression? And how would you approach anxiety and depression differently?
1: Mm. So it was kind of cool when I first started. Uh, It wasn't cool. (laughs) Let me just be clear about that. It wasn't great in the beginning, right? When I didn't know that's what I was experiencing. But um, it was very interesting to me how I look back now and I didn't immediately go, I need to go to the doctor." and to get some medicine. My body, my, I, like, I knew what I needed to do already. I wanted to go get <laughs> some lavender oil. I needed to start meditation. I needed to start going to the gym. And even if I didn't work out, if I had too much anxiety or my heart rate was already too um, elevated, I would just just being there, walking on a treadmill, listening to music, that's something that helped me a lot going to a park even to just sit there and scroll on my phone it's like those things that kept my head above water that i i knew i needed to do even though you know i had goals and i had dreams and things that i wanted to do but i couldn't reach any of those goals in the midst of that healing and in the midst of that like i guess i would call it an awakening i was riding all the time i went through like fucking 10 journals
0: (laughs) I believe it because same over here trust me I believe it it's crazy
1: so much writing going on so in, in in my opinion um I think that for for example like as a society we have to approach things from where they're at so realistically if you need medicine yeah totally like get what you need but don't don't plan to stay on it, make a plan to get off of it. You weren't, it's, it's not created to keep you there forever. And I I see a lot of people, I get real hyped up about this. I've been through it. I've been through the anxiety, the depression, the suicidal thoughts, panic attacks for weeks on end. So guess what? I get to fucking say this. And I, I think that it's, it's a matter of responsibility, it's your responsibility to deal with your emotions, to deal with your suppressed trauma, to deal with things that you don't want to deal with. I know like, for example, like things that I suppressed were like sexual trauma, abandonment issues, um, just things that obviously you don't want to go back and look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, this situation happened. I want to just go through it again and go through the emotions again. No, of course you don't want to, but it's your fucking responsibility. Like it doesn't matter who put you through that situation. It doesn't matter what the trauma looked like. It's your responsibility to heal it or you're never going to get out of the situation that you're in. You're never going to be able to not be depressed anymore. If you don't face your shit, you're not going to be able to get hey. off anxiety medicine if you don't face your shit. And that's, that's how I see it. I, I don't, truth. it's a very hard truth. And that's, I've had to have many, many hard truths with myself, with my friends, with my family, with it, with my boyfriend. I'm, I'm honestly like the, I love tough love, but I also like Am the opposite. I can be the opposite of that, but when it comes down to radical responsibility, taking responsibility for your shit, I don't fuck around with that. Like, I think that the more you can take responsibility and not turn everything around on other people or the person that puts you through the trauma, your abuser, your your dad who left you and you were two, like things like that. Guess what? (laughs) Like everybody's been through shit. I'm not, I'm not minimizing your trauma. I'm not minimizing your situation and saying that it didn't hurt you, but how long are you willing to live in it? How long are you willing to sit here and be like, Oh, my life is this way because I was sexually abused. My life is this way because my mom didn't love me or my siblings abused me or blah, blah, blah. Like, trust me. (laughs) I don't, I don't think trauma is something to take lightly, but when you can take, this is the most powerful thing you'll ever do in your life is take responsibility. It doesn't matter if it's in your relationship. doesn't matter if it's with your family, with your business. I've had to do that with my business many times.
0: Yeah.
1: sit back and be like, so is it the industry's fault? Or is it your fault for not doing mm-hmm. doing what you need to fucking do?
0: Mm-hmm. No, you, God, you're up so much good, good points.
1: I, I just, I'm tired of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're bringing up so many good points, like especially the responsibility part because we're in school. We hear our parents say, take responsibility for your grades. Take responsibility for your younger brother. Take responsibility for, you know, your health. Take responsibility. But then when it comes to your depression and your anxiety, oh, it's okay. Here, here, here's a pill. We understand. We understand. And I feel like, 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 okay, so personally for me, and I know that you already know this. I just, I'm not a fan of antidepressants or anxiety medication. Like I'm just really not a fan of it. Um, I understand firsthand what it's like to be, you know, severely depressed. And I know what it's like to literally be crippled by your thoughts to the point where you can't even roll out of bed and like the knots in your stomach and all of that. So I truly do believe that, you know, anxiety medication and, you know, stuff like that has its it has its place. I don't want to say it's 100 percent unnecessary because I don't I don't I don't believe that I believe that it has its place but it should not be a resting place because what i feel like is i feel like when people take the medicine it takes responsibility away from them and it takes the, the like the 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 power to say that i can i'm creating because my i know a lot of people are not going to take this and this is a hard pill to swallow but um i if you're depressed it's a chronic depress cr- chronic depression is a choice at a point there it's there, there there's a point where it's like you're choosing whether consciously or unconsciously to feel depressed and that's why i believe it's if you like okay so i want to know First off, I wanna—I'm gonna ask you two things. What is your what is your opinion around anxiety medication? Like my opinion is, you know, it has its place, but it shouldn't be a resting place, and it's not necessary hundred percent of the time. And um, that's my opinion about it. And I also want to know, do you believe that it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent possible for every single person on anxiety medication today? to get off of it forever if they just made the decision to do so and follow through with that decision
1: Mm, that's so good okay so first of all i think um and this is going to go a lot of places but with with the medication and with doctors and how things are going right now I see it from this point of view, from a, let's like take a step back and look at it from a bird's eye view. The people who are giving out these medications are in a place where, I mean, honestly, like I know a lot of doctors who don't even believe in what they do. (laughs) They, they don't even want to give people that, but they have to do it because they got to pay their own bills. They got to pay off their student loans. (laughs) They've got to feed their families. So they, they got to do their job. And I feel like, and I, I hate, I'm, I'm trying to beat around the bush because I don't want to trigger anyone, but you know what? That might be the best thing at this point. Sometimes that's what people need to like, look at that a little deeper, but it's, it's enabling victim mentality big time.
0: Yeah. I agree. And
1: it's not only, I mean, I see this in the coaching industry all the time with many different things when people are saying like, um, you know, it's okay to I'm not even going to go into that. Hold on. <laughs> not I'm <laughs> going to go into that because I'll just go on a whole different tangent. But I think that it can be so enabling. <laughs> it's enabling people to just keep suppressing their shit. That's all it does. And often the people who are giving them that enablement are also in their own victim mentality. And, and that's why they're where they're at. And they, that's why they believe like, this is going to help you. This is exactly what you need. They don't even know what they need. They don't even know that they haven't faced their trauma. And so it, like I was saying earlier, it's like this big ripple effect, this generation after generation after generation. And there is no root. like getting to the root of anxiety, depression should be the priority. And that's not what the priority is right now. The priority is to sell drugs and make money. And so I think that some people do have their best interest at heart. I have heard of doctors who do um, like give out the medicine. They make sure you check in every week. They're making a plan for you to get off of it. Like things like that.
0: Mm. In my
1: opinion, that is the best route to go. And If you need talk therapy, do talk therapy while you're going through this process. And I understand, like, not everybody can afford that. Not everybody can even afford the medication in the first place. And that's kind of where I was. I was like, well, first of all, I'm not paying for, you know, all that medicine. Second, I don't even want to start that process because of the cycle that it puts you in. I've seen my family members. I've seen my
0: friends who are
1: on these... And they can't get off of them ever. Like yeah. they feel, you know, they they feel. So to your next question, can people get off of it? Of course, but it it's going to take time. It, it takes, uh, when your brain and your body is addicted to something, which is what you've done, you've made it dependent on a drug so that you can get better and feel better. Um, it's going to take time. And that's just, are you willing to see the light? Like basically keep your focus on the light at the end of the tunnel. That's the most important thing is like, if you are on them, I'm not shaming you. I don't think there's anything wrong. There were so many times where I almost did. There were so many times where I was like, it's just like too much. Like I just can't. And first of all, something that helped me a lot was CBD oil. Um, if you can get that, like that, that really, really does help with anxiety and panic attacks. Um, I'm not saying <clears throat> go smoke a bunch of weed because that's a whole other thing that could also be like suppressing emotions,
0: escapism. It doesn't help. Like a tool of suppression, you know, marijuana, You just like right. any, other, any other drug.
1: Just like alcohol, just like any, anything else that is still considered a substance. Like let's just be real about it. Um, obviously like if it's fun every once in a while, just do, do whatever the fuck you want. But I'm saying, don't use it as an escape. Just, just be careful with that. But CBD oil, 100%, like it was helping me with my panic attacks. It was helping me with, Um, a lot of the anger I was having around being depressed, um, but also at the same time, depression and anxiety, like I've said before, um, it can show you where you need to heal. These things, these points show you, um, what it is like, of course it, it throws a very huge dent in your life. Like it's an inconvenience to the max because you're forced to take a step back from everything. Like you can't even put all your focus in your relationship. You can't even put all your focus in your job or your business or whatever, because you have no space for it when you are that depressed or when you are that anxious, you don't have space for anything else because all of the shit that you have suppressed for years Is now taking up that space and it's asking you to heal and you will continue to suffer until you begin to heal it.
0: Yeah, so that brings me to another question. And I just wanna say that I know that everybody can get off of antidepressants and anxiety medication, but I believe that the number one thing that they have to do is literally make the decision to do that because a lot of people, they're on it. And they never make a decision for it. And to them, they're like, "I can never get off of these." I'm like, "Well, have you decided to?" Like, that's really what it comes down. So, if you make the decision, then the commitment's going to follow that. So, that's my point on that. Now, I do want to say how I noticed how you said in one of the podcasts that I was listening to that I was listening to, um, and I think you were interviewed on somebody else's podcast, and you talked about how how man, where is it at? You said how. How did you say that? Oh, yeah. So you said how like their depression and anxiety are signs that are that our body is trying to tell us something like, like your body's basically trying to tell us to pay attention to that emotion. And I kind of feel like you were kind of touching on that. So can you elaborate a bit more on what you meant by that?
1: Mm, yeah, for sure. So I'll just first give you a personal example. So I have something to kind of go off of. But for me, um, this brought up a lot of rage and anger, and those were emotions that um, I was always the most scared, I guess, of, because I just remember times from when I was younger, and I would like basically black out if I got too mad like angry about something. And so whenever I was going through all that anxiety and depression, a lot of anger came up and I was forced to just like look at it and sit with it and handle it. Right. And, um, I did find out a lot of different, it it brought me to like researching how to deal with anger in like a more of a healthy way, I guess. And, um, not only was it anger, obviously it was like, um, sadness and just like accepting that I actually do have emotions. And this was something that like for the longest time, I just remember like saying things like, oh, well, I'm just not an emotional person. I just don't, I don't, you know, fall in love that easily because I'm, you know, X, Y, and Z. And like, those are the kinds of things that I feel like are so important to look at whenever you are, for example, like, it's not, it's not easy to have that awareness when you are in your depression or in your anxiety. Um, but if you're listening to this and you experience that often, now you have that and and you can't go back. You have the awareness that you can look at those emotions and you can look at things that possibly happened to you in your childhood of like, um, for example, if it's sexual abuse or if your parents divorced when you were really, really young and you felt just anger and hurt and things from that, that you immediately suppress. Like when you're a child and you're told like, well, you need to stop crying. Don't be such a baby. Like things like that are very important as children to not be told to like, not do right. Like crying is a normal thing. Crying is very good for you. Um, Releasing emotion in all different ways. So like, that's, that's all it really is. Is like looking at some of those childhood experiences. And if you can't remember them, start writing. You need to write because it will all come up. It will come out.
0: You talk about that um, a lot, how you talk about how journaling really um, helped you out throughout your journey, and um, it's it's crazy because myself, I picked up writing, you know, tremendously after you know the the entire awakening happened, and I saw that writing was a very therapeutic thing for me. Like whenever I lost both of my grandparents, I would write, and I would that was my form of grief, and I was like, I would get over it, and you know, very quickly. And so um, why do you think writing is such a powerful tool for anybody who is going through any type of emotional, emotional, um, you know, weight?
1: It it triggers your subconscious. That's why. And um,
0: it's... So like self, it's like a form of like self-expression. You're expressing yeah. that suppressed energy.
1: Right, exactly. And anytime you experience like full-on self-expression whether that's singing or dancing or writing or um Mm. running things like that that is the it's not only self-expression that's an expression of your soul you you do that in your own way and no one oh it's so beautiful like just thinking about the art of being an expression of your soul because no one is the same as you like when you're and when you're writing you have no idea. Like people shrug it off so easily. I used to, um, once I got through that point, I didn't want to journal anymore. I didn't even want to like write anymore because it, it made me think of that time. And so I would ignore it, but look at that. That's that cycle again of like suppressing my experience because that's a pattern. You know, that's, and we'll get into patterns if you want to get into patterns, (laughs) but like that's a pattern is we cut, we, our bodies and our subconscious mind obviously is always looking for safety. It's always looking for like, for that security of like being safe and being okay. And so it's easy to suppress things or push things to the side because you it's natural to you and so you can cover things up um you can think you healed something but really you just replaced it with something else you replaced it with another addiction
0: wow okay now give us an example because you talk a lot about um negative emotional patterns and you know um patterns that people are not even conscious that they are patterns um like what are negative patterns like can you give us an example of one like like you just did
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that one is definitely like a huge example. And one that I've just noticed in my clients and with so many people, this is is something that I experienced with um, substance abuse or substance abuse and addiction in my past. Um, I would say like, and also like eating disorders. And like, I just had that addictive personality where If I didn't have something, I would have to have something else. And so, for example, if that wasn't alcohol, it was food. If that wasn't Mm -hmm. weed, it was, you know, working out. (laughs) If that wasn't...
0: Placing that need for something with something else.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't until... So this is honestly like the root of a pattern or of any of that um, is, is realizing like the moment that you're in is all you need. And that, that's, that's good. Like it's, it's hard in our society and in our world that we've created as, you know, capitalist humans um, to not be obsessed with the hustle and obsessed with everything we need to do mm. and obsessed with more, 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 more. I need this. I need more. I need to make more. I need to have more. I need something else. And like, honestly, when I came to this realization and which I get, I think I told you about my dreams, how I just get these downloads in my dreams and I wake Mm -hmm. up and I'm like, cool, got it. Um, (laughs) I, um, I had that experience with like, in in a dream where I was like, well, someone was telling me, I don't know if it was spirit or whatever, but, um, I was told you don't need anything more like stop trying to get more, take more, have more, make more, and just be okay with like sitting with yourself, sitting with your body, sitting with your emotions. You have everything you need. Obviously. Yeah. You got to have water and food, (laughs) not saying I'm not like, you know, dismissing that, but in that cycle. That was a pattern of mine that I always needed more. I always needed something and like whether it was something to smoke or something to drink or something to eat. And finally, I mean, now I feel really, really good about where I'm at with all of that because I've done a lot of work, obviously, around these patterns. and, And now I consciously, like, I'll be on the phone with my boyfriend. It's so funny. And I'll just be in the midst of one of these patterns and one of these just, like, these things that you're unconscious of. And then I'll wake up and it's like, oh, hey, you know, sorry. I was, you know, being an asshole because X, Y, and Z. I know that's a pattern of mine.
0: Mm, so it takes exactly. awareness to definitely break a pattern, huh?
1: Absolutely, like awareness. that. It's and you can get this awareness by using these ta- these things like journaling, meditation, visualization, um, things like that. Are how, really, how
0: did really meditation important. help you? Because I know that you give a lot of credit to meditation, and I give extreme amount of credit to meditation on what it's done for me in my life. And so, how did meditation help you with your um, you know, your your journey through your, you know, anxiety and depression in the past.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, it was so weird. So interesting. I, this is really how I got through the anxiety was Google. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I was Googling how to heal anxiety naturally. And I would, I swear I would Google this like every day and get the same shit every day. <laughs> but I just thought like somehow that was going to help me if I just, you know, did it every day anyways. Um, and one thing that came up was like meditation, journaling, um, na- being in nature, things like that. And, um, oh, what I, I came up with.
0: Yeah.
1: And what I eventually came up with whenever I used to um, be, basically I was like a mindset coach, but I focused on anxiety and depression, which I still do with my business clients, but it's it's just in a different approach. I um, came up with the six avenues of healing and I just, I basically... self-expression, it's nature, it's, um, nutrition, nourishment, like things like that. Um, all the things that I learned when I was going through this. Yeah. And so whenever meditation came up, I was just like, like, what even is that? I didn't even know what it was. And I just like downloaded this app that I found online that I was searching meditation apps or whatever. And, um, I realized, oh my God, where, like, how have I not been able to do this? It's because we're so unaware. We can't even sit with ourselves. We don't even want to. Yeah.
0: People, people don't, don't, don't want to meditate. And it's, yeah. cra- it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's, and if, like, meditation has such a distorted idea, people have a fixed idea about it, and they just they don't, they don't want to do it at all
1: people think you have to be a monk on a hill to, to meditate. And that's just not true. And uh, people see it that way and then they're like, oh, well, that's weird. I don't want to do that because that sounds weird. It sounds Buddhist. It sounds this, it sounds that. But yeah. it's like, uh, just like anything else, mm-hmm. it can work for you because it's a modality. It is, it's a tool. It's a yeah. system.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no <laughs> um, doubt. No so doubt.
1: that really, really helped my anxiety for the most part. I wouldn't do it every day at first because I, I, I was just like, so confused by it. Honestly, it was, I was just confused of how it worked and like what it was and all of that. So it was very like new territory for me. Didn't want to dive in head first or anything, but something else that also helped me with, um, depression was EFT tapping um, which is something I found on YouTube. It's also, it's a, it's a very, it's similar to meditation, but it's more so like you would have to look it up to, to, you know, under, I guess if you've never heard of it, um, look it up on YouTube, but it's really, really good for, if you're in that like deep depression and suicidal energy, um, it's, it's really helpful for that.
0: Got you. So awesome. Now, So you, um, I just heard you talk about self-expression again in um, one of the avenues of healing. You called them the avenues, or what'd you call them?
1: Uh, The six avenues of healing. healing.
0: The six avenues of healing, and one of them was self-expression. So, how important is self-expression to one's emotional state, in your opinion? It's
1: it's most important, and the the biggest problem. I think one of the biggest problems is that so many people are afraid to, self exp- to express themselves in any way because of judgment or they are so scared that, you know, their family won't accept them or their friend or their partner won't accept them anymore if they are able to fully express themselves. But let me tell you all a little secret. When you get the fuck over that fear, um, those people start to accept you it's it's all in your head it is all in your head it it truly is like yeah of course initially you're gonna get that like that shock judgment from people who are like who the fuck do you think you are like expressing yourself and shit you know how dare you
0: express yourself
1: yeah how dare you speak your truth how dare you you know show what your true gifts are in the world
0: why do you think people are afraid to express themselves
1: It's, it's society. Like I've said, generation after generation has told us it's not okay. And that it's, it's, you know, um, I mean, it goes so far, but men don't cry and, you know, women don't work hard and like make a lot of money and Mm -hmm. things like that. It goes so
0: much against the norm. They Mm -hmm. just feel like, okay, maybe I shouldn't let that side of myself be known
1: yeah and also that you know those taboo things most of the time your gifts are taboo your gifts what you're supposed to be doing will not be accepted by society because it's we have a oppressed society yeah. and I'm sorry to burst any bubbles but like what you're doing you're probably you've been told that you you should do that and that's why you're doing it because you're being a people pleaser and you're scared to do what you truly want to do you're scared because you won't have your security blanket and i say fuck that
0: (laughs) so what advice or what, what would you tell somebody right now who's listening and they know damn and they're talking straight to me. There's something I really want to do in my life. I know what I wanna do. I know the next step I wanna take. But it's just not the like not the most normal thing to do in other people's eyes. Like, what would you tell that person?
1: I would first, I would ask, first them, ask them who are you who pleasing? Are you who are you saying? doing, this, doing for? this for? And, and when they when say, they say my mom, my mom my dad my, dad, my partner, partner or, they, or say, they say you know, you know xyz i'm do doing that. this doing because, because it's ran it's in my ran family my for so long. so long i feel, I feel the, the responsibility, responsibility. Um, um i'm doing this doing because, this because my, friends my friends all do, all this, do and this and, this we, all and we all said we were, said gonna, we were gonna do, do. Whatever, whatever the fucking, the fucking case is i just i just I think that, I think my, that strongest my strongest advice, advice is, that is that you need to really, really check yourself, check yourself on, on like like why you're why here I'm like what are you, are you what are you even are doing, doing, this doing this for if you're doing it, you're it for doing other for people other than, other than yourself, yourself and you're who you're, who you're, who you're supposed, to supposed to be here to serve because like, like at the end of the, the day, day like I used to think on this a lot I used to think obviously Obviously, I would would just be laying in bed most nights thinking like, oh, why the fuck are humans here? Like, what are we we supposed supposed to be doing? doing? Oh, oh, weird. (laughs) Weird, right? Like, And I would ask like my audience or I would ask random people even, do you think we have a purpose? Do you think everything or every person has a purpose? And some people would say no and some people would say yes. And sometimes I'm like, well, maybe well, some maybe people some don't. People maybe some, do. some people do. Maybe, maybe some things don't, and don't. some things do. Um, but um, I like to believe like that, to that, that we are, are all here to serve. In yeah, some yeah, yeah I truly
0: believe. And so, do you feel like? Because I, I mean, I have a strong conviction that you know, each and every one of us. I feel like there should be no little personal mission. I feel like it's more about looking around and asking yourself what's needed the most and let me go and let me do that you know let me let me go help society i've always felt you know like we are here to help no matter what you do and if you look at any business the only reason a business exists is to help people and so do you believe that somebody who is somebody like because like again i i believe we're all here to be in service and we're all here for that and so do you feel like if we don't fulfill that like if we don't decide to be in service or decide to, you know, do what we feel like is needed? Do you feel like that plays a part and, you know, um, feeling, you know, low and depressed and stuff like that?
1: Oh, wow. hundred percent. I mean, this is something that I got a download about a long time ago was basically, I think it was when I was depressed and stuff. It was about how purpose heals depression and that was a very bold thing of me to think right that's a very bold thing of me to say
0: purpose heals depression i like and
1: i have i have that's my only youtube video i've ever made my purpose healed my depression and i i don't know another way to put it other than like purpose Does heal depression when you think about it. How does it feel when you get to open the door for someone and they're like, "Oh my god, thank you." Yeah, just that inch of purpose, just that inch of like helping someone. And it does. It's not like you have to be like this, you know, million dollar coach to help people. It's and people get into this industry and that's what they think it looks like. They're like, "Well, all the the end goal has to be like that person," and you get to fucking systemize your business and be however of purpose you want to be. It doesn't have to look like everyone else's. It doesn't have to look like, you know, six figures a year. If that's not, you know, where you're at or or what your true values lie in, it can be, and it's not like that's a bad value or that's a good value. It's just simply, how do you want to do it? how can yeah. how can you feel the most aligned for you how can it feel the best and the most purposeful for you and it's not always going to look the same for everyone
0: mm, got you okay so um no so one thing I do want to say you had you brought up a really good point which is you know this has been in my family and I feel like responsible to keep that up Just one thing that came to my mind whenever you said that was, guys, I want you to know. I want every one of you to know this, that just because you have, you know, your family's last name, your share last name does not mean you belong to your family, like by any means at all. Like I know and I've I've told my mom this. I'm like, mom, I came through you, but I am not yours And I want everybody to know that your family was an avenue, your parents, your mother was an avenue for your life energy to enter this reality. And that does not mean you belong to them. You simply came through them. So I definitely want y'all guys to take that um, with you. When I learned that, I started saying, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care if my family is for it or not um, because this is my life. And um, take that and run with it because this is 100% your life. And I want you to know that. And, um, yeah. yeah and
1: mean, The attachment is so real.
0: Yes, the attachment to someone's, like, you know, like their name or, like, their viewpoint. You know, that brings me to a good point of identity, identifying yourself with depression Because I feel like so many people, they don't want to be depressed, but they identify themselves with it. With I am depressed, I am anxious, consistently identifying themselves with it. Do you think just that misidentification alone is responsible for prolonged depression?
1: 100%. It can be. And also, you can be prone to depression as soon as you come out of the womb because guess who you are influenced by your parents and if they are depressed and they're constantly saying how depressed they are and you're living your life listening to everyone around you and how it's it's genetic and it's in your DNA and like you know all the fear that goes into that you're already you're prone to it you're gonna it's gonna happen to you um, and you don't get that choice even when you're a child because you are just a subconscious sponge. And that stuff stays in your psyche forever. It doesn't – it's not like, you know, that's why most of your limiting beliefs are still there. It's, that's why you think that, you know, you can't get out of school because X, Y, and Z, or you can't start this business because, you know, it's too much of a risk, or it's too this, or it's too that. Um these subconscious things that from, you know, childbirth to seven years old, um, that you heard your parents saying and like I I just feel I know I just went on a completely different route with that, but it all kind of does play together and um, you can be, you can have that just by speaking it out into existence. And, um, just I think yeah, yeah, by saying, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, well, yeah, you're going to keep having it. But one thing that helps is saying that you experience sensations of anxiety. Mm. You know, I am experiencing because mm. like you were just saying, like you were just saying, um, not identifying with your family, not identifying with anything except for yourself and your soul. And being able to do that means you experience depression. You experience sensations of anxiety and depression. Yes. And that's just part of your experience right now. And it doesn't have to stay part of your experience. Part of stepping into your power as a person, as a human, like, depression is not like the end all be all just because you have, it's, it's the stigma and the society, the fear around all of that. That's the only reason people don't get through it is because they're told that they need to stay on the medicine. They need to, you know, be on (laughs) this train forever. And like, you don't have to,
0: yeah, of course I definitely. I I like that a lot. And
1: people don't even see that option though. And it's it's so sad. And and that's where, you know, my softy side comes in and I I let go of the tough love a little bit because I'm like, I get it, you know, I get that you didn't choose this in the beginning. You didn't want to go through that trauma. You don't want to go through these things that brought on the depression or the bullying and like things like that that people experience as children. Like, of course that's that's sad and that's not good. But when you are able to become aware of it, and especially if you're listening to this, you don't have any more excuses. You don't have an excuse now because you're aware of it and you can like, you can get through it. You can like, just take one step closer to healing. And you can just take one step closer by getting onto YouTube and searching a meditation. You can get one step closer to doing a little bit of breath work, sitting by yourself outside. And just fucking listening to nature, like things like that. Just being able to be present, being able to be in the moment and trust more in yourself than you do in anyone else, especially a doctor or, you know, a yeah. lot of people also. <laughs> so, no uh,
0: doubt. And that, that's what I tell people. I'm like, like, what's the best way for me to eat? You know, like, I'm like, well, don't ask your doctor. I'm like, if you want to know the best way to eat, yo, ask your body, yo, like ask your actual mechanism and, and see what it says. So that actually like helps, like brings me to, you know, brings me to the, like into the the topic of intuition and what is the importance of following through with your intuition and living a joyful life? Like, do you feel like, you know, living with intuition and having a joyful life? Do you feel like they tie together?
1: Absolutely. And I think when we get into more of the spiritual side of things and the intuition and your soul body, your spiritual body, um, it has everything to do with your physical body and your emotional body and those other parts of you that they're all connected. And so that's, I think when it comes to your intuition, for example, what you were just talking about with how to eat—like if your body's telling you it needs vegetables, eat some more fucking vegetables. Yeah. You know, don't don't shove Chick Fil A in your mouth if your body's telling you to eat broccoli. Um, of course, that's just like a simple example, but when it comes to like, I think following your intuition can be. Weird because you're not taught to do that. You're not taught how to do that. You're not shown how. It's, it's very the scary.
0: Shit ever. Oh my god.
1: It's, it's the scariest. Like constantly being on a cliff.
0: Yeah, because you don't know. You're so uncertain. Yes. Like every time I follow my intuition, like with this business and all of this and hiring my coaches, and I was like, yo. My mind is saying, no, my mind is saying you're stupid, but my gut is saying, yo, this is the way just go. Yeah.
1: And, um, I think, you know, the biggest thing that ever helped me and I want to tell, maybe I'll just go into a little story.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Matthew and I, we went through a huge, I guess, awakening in our relationship, um, last summer and I was being pulled by my intuition to like break off our relationship, and I did not want to. Like, I mm.
0: was like,
1: Why? Why am I being like pulled to do this? I don't want this, I don't want to hurt him. Um, but I was, I had to do it. Like, I think that there was a lot of karmic lessons in this situation and what we went through. Um, but I ended up doing it and I had a dream the night before. Um, and it was basically the weirdest thing ever, but Gabby Bernstein was there and, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was like crying and I was sitting there like in child's pose, just like, like praying and crying. And, um, she was like, just surrender. Like, you just need to surrender and just do, like, do the thing that you know you need to do and then surrender and stop worrying. And so I did that the next fucking day. Like, went home, um, told him everything, and I was just very honest. And guess what? Like, two weeks later, we got back together. And ever since then, like, we've been navigating just – so many new dreams and avenues that we never thought
0: essential step in your relationship, even though you didn't want to take it.
1: Yeah, I did not want to do it. I did not want to do it. I thought like, what the fuck? Like, this is my soulmate. Why would I leave him? And it was just and even obviously, like my family and we're he's our family he's part of our family like we all just adore him and he's the sweetest person you'll ever meet in your life and but we both had things that we needed to fix and not necessarily fix I wouldn't say the word fix it's more like we needed to grow into some some different identity for each other yeah Um, and we were too attached we were too attached to each other to see that so we had to like see the outside of it so that's for example that's one example of like trusting your intuition and and then it working out and like you know it's always going to work out if you trust your intuition It's always
0: it has to it's your intuition like your intuition is it's in tune with you know with the universe it's you know intuition and so i like that and And um, when
1: you stay attached to your ego and your brain and your mind and like what you are told to do up here that's when things don't work out. That's when things don't go as planned. when you are planning from your from your ego or from your brain from um, fear straight up from fear, fear. that's straight all up. of your all everything from up here is fear. everything from here is intuition mm-hmm. and and not even like just that. your heart, it's your gut. yeah,
0: it's your gut that. it's, it's, it's more intelligent than that brain. trust me
1: and there was also another example is in my business i was pulled to start doing like donation based sessions and i had the most resistance to this cuz i was like excuse me like how the fuck You're am i supposed to make your money stuff
0: basically away so yeah, yeah. i would and have yes, resistance to that shit i'm not even lying <laughs> yeah
1: well and it worked out for me massively like i my donations were more than I was even charging for an hour session.
0: Wow, wow. And so <laughs> it pans out. then
1: I created this like, this 20 page guide all about, cause I had tons of people asking me like, how do you sell at these donation based sessions? How do you blah, 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 like tons of people reaching out asking me about it. And so from there, my intuition says, create a guide create a freebie for people who don't know how to do this because this is going to change everything in your field in your like because what I do is spiritual work it's different it's a lot different than what you do you you provide like physical results it's like fitness yeah. nutrition and mindset and like all of that stuff and it's like, I'm, I feel like I've created a whole new space for people in the spiritual community, tarot readers, people who are psychics, mediums, like stuff like that. Because in the beginning, it's, it's especially if you're just starting your business, like you can't just start charging a thousand dollars fucking hour, you know, like people, you can, you can sell that also, but your mind has to be there. And you have to have the the belief.
0: Yeah, you got to be confident. And
1: no one starts – and most people don't start with that belief. And so, like, I – my intuition led me there. I had resistance. I did it anyways. It fucking paid off big time, literally and, you know, (laughs) metaphorically. But I – Now have created like this twenty page guide about donation based offers. Created a whole course around it, and now it's like a huge part of my business. Yeah, that's awesome. It's 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 all
0: about that intuition. Just brought all of that on.
1: Yeah, and like a whole, and I teach. It's crazy. Like I teach this whole module on intuition, and um, you know what it looks like to navigate doubting your intuition. What it looks like to navigate Mm. doubting yourself in general like and why people do that and the only yeah. reason we have self-doubt is because people around us have self-doubt and like yeah. i was saying that generation after generation after generation
0: yeah that that's true and um so like one thing that i want to like you know one of the last questions i want to ask you is like your advice on somebody who's resisting a shift that they feel coming because i was on a phone with a prospective client who is now a client Um, she was telling me that, you know, we got down to the, you know, to the part where it came down to her making a decision, whether she wanted to work with the Mind and Muscle Academy or not. And, you know, she, I can feel that she was straying away. And I told her, I was like, okay, so I said, who found who first? She said, well, I found you. I was like, okay, who reached out to who first? I reached out to you. I was like, okay, who picked up that phone call, the first phone call when I called she said, me. I was alright. Who's still on the phone with me right now? She was like, me. And I was like, all right. Fast forward a couple of months ago, did any of the did you feel like you would be doing any of this stuff right now? She was like, no. I was like, all right. So right now, the energy of life is clearly moving you in a different direction. I'm like, because it's not you that's doing this. I'm like, you're kind of you just naturally started gravitating towards healthier life i'm like so look at the energy of life the energy of life is trying to do something so are you going to get out of the way and let life do what it's trying to do or are you going to resist this shift and you're going to you know just keep living the way you're living so there's a lot of people out there who they know they got a big shift coming up like they can they're in the midst of a shift you can feel that emotionally energetically it's just obvious when you pay attention to that and so to somebody who's resisting a shift, like they can, they feel like they need to take a next step, but they're just resisting it, what's something you, you would tell them?
1: I have two things. Um, the first thing is have a little bit of tough love with yourself and get fucking real. Get really real with yourself. And I want you to take responsibility for every fucking thing. Word that you've said around why you can't do it, why you're resisting it, what it is, what's the story that you're telling yourself about this situation? Um, a lot of the time, our stories are are not our stories, right? Like when someone's <laughs> contemplating signing up for a program and they're like, well, you know, they've said all the things like, oh, I'm interested because of literally the oh, exact they
0: get deep.'"
1: and then when it comes down to it just because it's money just because it's an exchange of of money (laughs) and
0: straight up
1: and um you know they think that there's a cap on like what their uh, what their ability is in joining Mm -hmm. and also something that i've taught which (laughs) I'm going into a different topic now, but something else that I've taught my clients is to ask for what they want. If you need to negotiate, not the price, you don't need to negotiate what someone else's boundary on their on their program is, their price, but negotiate a payment plan or something. Make it work for you. Ask for what you fucking want. That's what my advice is, is if you are so scared and you've put yourself in this box of like, oh, well, only they're asking for this in this way. That's the only way it's allowed to be. That's not fucking true. (laughs) That's not true. And I won't even get into astrology, but I am Uh... actually. Because actually, Adrienne, I think our north nodes are the same where um, you have north node in Libra and south node in Aries. We're learning a lot about supporting other people. We're learning a lot about collaboration and negotiation and and Mm. these things that asking for what you want, but in in the best interest of like where you're going and what your purpose is. So it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about what you're here to do. And so if we're going from that standpoint again, like what decision decisions are you making from the place of your comfort zone? that's not mm-hmm. fair. Uh, like when you just, when you can get comfortable being uncomfortable, being in a constant place of surrender, that's when fucking magic happens.
0: Oh, oh yeah. that's You got you to gotta step out of your comfort zone if you're looking to grow. Growth and comfort, they do not deal with you. They, they, they just can't be in the same room together. So and I'm, one of the last questions is what do you feel like when you look around the world today what do you feel like is needed the most right now?
1: Mm. What do I feel like the, the most? I think that we need to. <laughs> the most is responsibility. People need yes. to responsibility. Yes. I mean, stop fucking blaming other people for your
0: shit. It, you, you're so you're so right. So look. I, I like I like to let everybody exit like this, and um, I de- I want to do this. And um, so let's say you have thirty to sixty seconds left on the world, and you knew you had you know thirty sixty seconds, and you're gone, and you had an audience full of anxious and young depressed individuals who really you know who really they don't know what they they can't see a way out. If you had at least 60 seconds to give them one last piece of advice, one last something, how would you go out?
1: Mm. I would try my best to help every single one of them revisit where it all started. I would tell them that depression and anxiety has a root cause and it's it didn't start with medicine, so it's not going to end there. Where it started was in your childhood. That's where I I 100% believe that. Um, and it starts with our dads and our moms and our siblings and like the things that we hear when we're children, things that happen to us or in front of us. And if we are just like brave enough to revisit those things and reclaim that power you can't be stopped you can't be stopped in that healing
0: i love it i love it well thank you this was such an awesome conversation like i I, like i i swear i feel like every time we connect it's just you know like the flow of conversations and we've had so many so many you know awesome conversations so far and um um so i know you changed the name of your podcast a couple of times so what is the name right now so we can have people go check those your podcast
1: right now it is real raw with emily james and you'll just be able to search that on itunes spotify anchor all the all the
0: platforms awesome now what where do um if somebody wants to connect with you further if somebody wants to work with you where would they find you at
1: um, Instagram at M Sarah Marie, um, no H on Sarah and, um, Facebook, Emily James.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna put all that stuff down at the bottom for you, but again, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this and have this awesome conversation together. And, um, you know, I learned a lot of new things today and, um, I appreciate that. I feel like I always have something to take away, Every time we get together and talk and um, I'm looking forward to, you know, doing more fun things like this and, you know, hopping back on your podcast and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, guys, if you have if you want to connect further with Emily, um, I'm going to put all the all the notes at the bottom of this and you can go ahead and you can check that out. I strongly recommend, um, especially if you're a business owner who's trying to, you know, not work so stressed because a lot of people feel like stress is a part of becoming a business owner fuck that I, I experienced you know a very minimal very small amount of stress if any and um I run a full on you know business with the team and all of that so if you're looking to you know move um, go from that anxious to aligned vibe then you definitely want to hit up your girl Emily James so Emily thank you so much I love you infinitely never finite
1: oh my gosh love you so 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 much thank you so much for having me today
0: absolutely uh,